Welcome to the eighth episode of View from the Black Cab, the Apprentice podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Helmstone, and joining me as always is my fellow Brit who doesn't need an excuse to dress as a sailor, Anthony Williams. Oh, hoy there. You are basically the Dylan of the podcast. I was being more Courtney, really. Yeah, I'm feeling more Courtney than Dylan tonight, to be honest. Courtney, the unenthusiastic pirate. Could he have been any less enthusiastic? I don't know. Gronje was trying. Yeah, Gronje was trying. That is very true. Gronje was making me laugh by just being so unbelievably mortified of being told that she had to dress as a mermaid. Yes, that was marvellous. She did not look impressed. She didn't. So, yeah, previously, Nebulous somehow won. Miraculously. And by just a mere £40,000. Yeah, a, a trifling £40,000 victory for Nebulous. And they have the momentum going into this episode. That's going to end well. They've turned it around with the amazing leadership of Francis. They can now storm ahead and win out every week. About that. And uh, Courtney has also been retweeting me again. <laughs> has he? Yeah. When I was doing my half-hearted uh, live tweet yesterday, I sent out one saying, at least put some effort in Gronier and Courtney. And yeah, he retweeted that. Yeah, marvellous. I got a couple of retweets from Trishna and Jessica last night because I thought they both had a really good episodes. Jess didn't have a great episode, but I still think she's going to win. What I was really tweeting about was I was really, really annoyed at what happened in the boardroom and the way that people on Twitter reacted to it. But I'm sure we'll get to that. Oh, I'm sure we will. So it is a a 5am wake up call and it's Paul who gets it. Paul's turn to not be able to use the phone this week. I don't know, Shugsy attempted that title as well. Did you see his piss-poor usage of the phone when he was calling the final three back in? He was fumbling with it a little bit. If only someone would design a, an innovative new phone. Maybe one that did emails too. That would be great. You're onto a winner there, Alan. I mean, I'd settle for faxes. Time to bring back the facts. And the teams are directed to the National Portrait Gallery for this week's tenuous connection to the task. It's a place that's free during the day and charges at night. Yeah, unlike the two places you're taking them to that charge during the day and at night. But okay, we, we get it. Yeah, I know places that are free during the day and charge at night. And, you know, it's quite a few in Amsterdam where Logan and I are going in a month. That's what I was thinking. And yet again, Dylan says that he wants to PM. Yeah, and, and almost means it, I think, this week. He's almost half-hearted, but as it happens, he probably waited for the right one for him. He did, actually, yeah, by uh, by luck or what have you. Um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a bad task for, for Dylan, and, and he certainly made the most of it, I think. I still am not on board the Dylan train. I am, I think, now. Um, he's just a kooky character isn't he he's, he's odd I did wonder if they'd deliberately chosen not to send him to Madame Tussauds just in case he stood still and people got confused he is our little Louis Walsh he also looks like a 1970s action man and he would have uh, walked around Madame Tussauds going you remind me of a little Barack Obama you remind me of a little Prince Charles you remind me of Kim Kardashian <laughs> I'm just trying to think of all the good names in Madame Tussauds to say in an Irish accent. And he wouldn't have had time to dress the whole place then, would he? So what would he have done all day? And the teams must host an evening event at two London attractions, which is the London Aquarium for Titans and Madame Tussauds for Nebulous. 
and the team that makes the most profit wins. Yet again, it all boils down to actually communicating with your own team being the one thing that screws them up. And not communicating badly with Lord Sugar. Yeah, more to the point. Because for the second week on the trot, it doesn't end that well for the person who criticises Lord Sugar in the boardroom. And if I were to put money on it, that is pretty much the way I saw Paul going out. He'll lose his rag and that'll be the game over. In a blaze of glory. Or a blaze of disaster. Isn't that the name of Kartik's autobiography? Big K, blaze of disaster. This is the biggest disaster in the universe, not the world. It's not Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah, in the universe. I've obviously been listening to too much local radio. The Grand Tour. Have you seen any of it yet? No, because I hate Clarkson. Really? And for Nebulous, Jessica and Paul both put themselves forward 4pm because, you know, it's been the longest time for them since they've been BM. That's true. And again, poor old Jessica comes off second best when she nominates herself for PM. I don't quite know what the reasoning was this week. She's done lots of events management. Paul does a New Year's Eve event. All right, that'll do it then. Do you think that it would have ended any better for Nebulous had Jessica won? Unlikely, I think. I think it all actually boiled down to where they were happening. Do you think? Yeah, because Two Swords is a very expensive place anyway. It is, but by the time they dropped the price down from 65 to 55 to 50 to 35 to 28 to 22 to 21, at that stage, it's probably a good value. Yeah, but then, because it's so expensive generally, people then expect a certain quality in terms of the food and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. They didn't, they didn't offer great value for money under any, you know, even at 21 quid, it wasn't great value for money at all with what they offered. And Paul chooses Francis to replace him in his traditional sub-team leader role. Oh, wait. No, he doesn't. He picks Jessica first. Because he wants to spend time with Francis because they just love each other. I love working with you, Paul. I love you too, Francis. We're great, aren't we? Yeah, we're just so good. Love is in the air, despite Francis being married. It was a massively heavy-handed edit, especially when you find out that actually Francis is married to a professional footballer. Yeah, it was all, I love you, Paul. I love you too. Ugh, carry on. And quite awkwardly, one of my colleagues came into work today wearing the exact same dress that Francis was wearing in the boardroom. (laughs) And I'm sure you subtly pointed that out. No, she actually mentioned it herself. She's like, oh, I'm wearing the same dress as someone from The Apprentice. She's from Top And for Titans, Dylan obviously takes over the role as PM because he's the only person left in the process who hasn't been PM. And he appoints Superstar Courtney as his sub-team leader. The sparkling wit that is known as Courtney. We criticised him last week for liking every tweet that's about him. We're going to criticise him even more for being a half-arsed person. If you're going to bother, you know, put some effort in, especially when the whole thing is about atmosphere and enjoyment. It was just... I really don't think he wanted to be there this week. It was a terrible week for Courtney's reluctant dressing up because he started the week dressed as a pirate and ended the week dressed as a Tudor. Yeah. We will get to this, but I'm not sure what the point of dressing them up was for the reward. That was the most random reward so far, I think. It was uh, very weird. You know what will make this weird episode better? Put everyone in tights. It felt like the whole reason for doing it was so they could get the footage of him going, 
Can you show me how to stab someone in the back? You should already know how to do that. I cannot wait for Courtney to get fired. No, although it's not going to be particularly dramatic, is it? Because he's just going to half-arse it, I would imagine. And that'll be it. He's useless. He's technically useless. No, not even interesting useless. He's just there, and he's going to... I'm changing my prediction. He's making the interviews, and he's going to be terrible. He's going to be the traditional, I'm going to tell you when you arsehole, Courtney. He could well be. Claude is going to have a field day with him. Because he won't be able to back anything up, and he hasn't got any charisma to sell himself either, has he? I wish I could say that people without charisma get weeded out in the interviews, but Joseph won last year. Well, this is true. But then again, the closest person to Courtney's personality type is probably Solomon, who had a little incident with Claude a few years ago. Yeah, I think it will be that kind of thing. Half of your CV is pictures. I'm disgusted. Get out! Wrong way. It's that door. And for some reason, Courtney adds to his misery by suggesting a speed dating event. It's a reasonable pun. I kind of like that. The There's plenty more fish in the sea event. What I didn't understand, and this is probably the only thing Alana did in the whole show that I thought, huh, what are you talking about, is what about the 50% of people that have got a partner? Well, you only ended up selling less than 100 tickets, so I'm pretty sure there are more than 100 people in London who are single. Don't think it really would have cut your audience down that much. The thing is, I would say you can't base an entire thing on puns, but I think every single one of our Amazing Race Asia episode titles this season has been pun-related, so I can't talk. There's a lot to be said about a decent pun. And I didn't think it was that bad an idea, to be perfectly honest. At least it would have had some reason for going. Can you imagine them going round 50 tables, though, and trying to sell hot food? Yeah, might have been interesting. Oh, what about the awkward situation where they get, I don't know, 57 tickets sold and there's one person just sat on their own, not doing anything? I'm sure they could make arrangements. It would have ended up that probably Courtney would have sat himself down. Yeah, probably. Because that's the sort of thing Courtney would probably do. Yeah, and bored them to death. Yeah. Tell me about your lawnmower collection. I've heard Courtney's got a fantastic lawnmower collection. And to add even more insults to injury... Dylan railroads a team into having a Treasure Island theme and booking a singing mermaid. Oh, that was just magnificent. Why does every task involve Titans picking something that is the stupidest idea humanely possible? Who knows, but it probably gave some of the highlights of the episode, I think. (laughs) It was just very, very funny. And Nebulous go for the Apprentice traditional event of a casino. Good old fake casino for no reason. Really not required at all. They would have been just better on, you know, focus on the venue and what's special about being there at at night. Focus on the food. Why? Why do you need a, a fake casino? Pointless. In theory, had it worked out for them and they got to keep the revenue of said casino, Yeah, which they wouldn't have been able to because you would have had to be licensed, so it would have had to have been a fake casino. You can do like fake chips that you swap for prizes. That's as much as you do. You can't can't gamble without a license. And today's top prize is a night with Courtney's lawnmower collection. All of the collection? Surely you'd have to pick one lawnmower. It's a cut above the rest. 
Budumtish. And there is some confusion on Nebulous about whether hot meals are included. Yeah, there is. And it was puzzling me a little bit. So let's clear this up once and for all. And we'll discuss after this who we think was to blame. So let me just play you something. Yeah, we're not going to be charged for the hot food. That was Francis saying, we're not going to be charging, although she said charged, but I assume she meant charging. We're not going to be charging for the hot food. So there we go. It was Francis. Francis, you monster, you ruined this task after saving the last one. She absolutely was to blame. If you want to lay it at her blame, equally, you could blame Paul for not clarifying it when Jessica asked the question. Paul for having lovey-dovey eyes. He was otherwise engaged. He was looking looking deep into Francis's eyes. Being enamoured by Francis and her Topshop collection. Yeah, and did you know she was a former world karate champion? I can't say I'm surprised. She seems like the sort. I didn't know until a few days ago that she's married to a professional footballer. Is, it, is he a famous one? Would I have heard of him? No. But uh, yeah, she's married to a sort of League Two, I think, pro footballer. Uh, okay, I definitely don't follow sports ball that closely. And Paul does change the price to £50 individually or £400 a table. Just so that we're all on the same page here, I know Francis and Paul are on the same page, but this is a clear pricing strategy he's making here. Don't worry, it's all fine. It's 65 no, it's 50 It's all clear. It's a clear pricing strategy that soon becomes a fire sale. That would be one description of it. That would be the correct description of it. It was just bizarre. Just pluck a figure out of the air to start with, then just change it, then change it after they've sold some tickets. There could have been some seriously awkward conversations going on at that event. So how much did you pay for your ticket? Oh, 55 quid. Oh, I paid 21. Not a good strategy. It certainly doesn't reflect on anyone very well. No, and, and especially Paul. You know, the reason they undercut him in the first place is they can tell it's not good value and the potential guests are telling them they're not going to pay it. And then he goes and undercuts them, which was just really weird. Once once he hears that they're selling some tickets at 40 and some at 35, why would you then go under that? If they're selling, they're selling. Stick with what's working. So everyone gets a welcome drink and canapes on arrival and they also get a hot meal sold to them if they want it. Really weren't called on blur dishes, were they? No, they were burgers. Want a burger in a box, mate? Yeah, that'd be another 15 quid or whatever they were charging. London prices is what they were charging. Probably a posh burger. Probably have like pulled pork on top. Yeah, exactly. Mm, pulled pork. Mm. And Jessica's sub team are very confused and say that hot meals are included. Yeah, and as I said, you know, that was the kind of message that they went away with. It was never corrected. And at the point when Paul says there's 65 quid a ticket, you'd bloody expect a meal for that, wouldn't you? I'd expect, like, gold-plated meals for that. I really don't blame anyone in the sub-team for getting confused about that. My only disappointment was when they went to the cafe that they all turned on Jessica and blamed her when actually they should have stuck together and said, we all thought that was what was going on because you didn't tell us properly, Paul. I felt so bad for Jessica. Yeah, I did. They were just railing on her. But I guess it goes to show, ultimately, what actually happened and is observed during the task is what really counts, because they did all go for her and carried on, and he was having none of it, because she wasn't to blame. 
I did say to you that there was no chance Jessica was going because she'd had so much of a hero edit. Yeah. But, oh, I was really quite uncomfortable watching that television last night. Yeah, I, I think I, I tweeted or texted you and said I have a really bad feeling about this boardroom. It did look like for a moment it was going to go the wrong way. No, no, I, I always had faith in my heart that Jessica couldn't go. Yeah, I, I mostly had it, but I did have a bit of a wobble where I thought, oh, hang on, this is this is bad. And then Paul basically hung himself, so that was all right. Paul buried himself. And Jessica sells the table for £35 each, which is 14 people. Which is actually quite a nice earner for her. She probably doesn't put it across in the best way with either Sophia or Trishna, but yeah, use your common sense. If you can't get a sale at 50 but you can get 14 sales at 35, take it. Just go for it, because why not? I know Karen later is like, oh, if they didn't pay the price, they didn't buy a ticket. You haven't got a lot of time. So either you get some money in and you figure it out later, or you take a big risk and don't sell them and hope that somewhere else you're going to get the sales. I think I think it was the right call, to be honest. 490 quid. Yeah, it's not bad. That's like a 20th of her profit already. Yeah, plus also, if you're selling big tables at an event, you've automatically got a group of people who have got something in common and are likely to make a good time of it, rather than selling ones and twos where it's going to get awkward. So it, it was a, I think it was the right thing to do. Yeah, we both think it's the right thing to do because we, we love Jessica. <laughs> oh, there is that. Jessica has been our favourite. Yeah, we do have Jessica-tinted glasses. And I certainly didn't think that seven weeks ago we would be talking about Jessica as a win contender after her being the star of the first episode by nearly dropping things all the time. I think she dropped a little bit in my power rankings this week, to be honest. Only because she got railed on by the rest of her team. Yeah, and she got away with it quite nicely, thank you very much. Didn't really come close to getting fired when when they actually got down to the final three, but I don't know. As we've said before, it's an odd edit this year, and so there's there's a tiny bit of me that's thinking we're seeing an awful lot of good Trishna content. No. We've seen nothing of Trishna for eight weeks. One good edit does not make a winner. We've got enough episodes to see it come through. I don't know. It's only a small bit, but they, it just seemed like they'd picked some really good bits of her to show this week that maybe you didn't need to see. As I said to you, I don't think they could have told the story of that team without showing Trishna being a very good tour guide and Claude complimenting her. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Jessica's still number one for me, but definitely slipped down a little bit this week. Trishna is getting the edit of someone who, I don't know, makes it to the interviews and Shugsy says, you're good at some things, but not good at enough things you fired. Yeah, possible. She has a lot of weaknesses and... Don't forget that she also failed as PM and failed spectacularly as PM. Yeah, that is true. Kind of forgotten that. And was saved only by the fact that she had worse people on her team. Mm. But I like the fact that we've got this far in and I'm still not locked in. I'm reasonably confident the final two is going to be Jessica Alana. I think, again, Alana had another week of let's show how good she is here. The edit is definitely one of two people facing off who aren't necessarily as respected by their teams as they should be. That's the story of this year for me. 
and very different styles as well, aren't they? So, you know, Alana's quite serious and quite contemplative and, and Jessica's just a bit crazy and a bit out there, but they're both actually quite smart. So it would be great if those two were pitched against each other in the final, I think. That's the story of the year for me in terms of not only is it unfinished business for the past two losing ideas in the final, being basically the same ideas as Jessica and Alana respectively, but also the fact that we have seen both of them be disrespected by their teams, but be pretty good PMs. I'd be quite happy to see those in the final. And then it, I think it'll be interesting to see how they select the people that are coming back, how that works. That would be interesting, I think. And who will be coming back? Mm. Because this is about the point in the season where we can start saying pretty confidently who they're going to bring back. They will bring back Paul because there's the potential of him clashing with Jessica if he's on Jessica's team and her telling him to shut the fuck up and let me win. They've got to bring back Kartik. Oh, yeah. You'd, you'd have thought so. I think Hunter Rebecca's probably in with a shout. Yeah. I have a horrible feeling Samuel's coming back. Really? I doubt that. I'd be surprised if he came back. I think you've probably named the ones that have already gone that are coming back. I think of the ones that are still there that probably or maybe wouldn't come back, I would say Courtney and Gronje. It tends to be about final 10, which the cutoff is from Kartik onwards. But I think Rebecca's probably in with a shout. We have had a second boot come back, bear in mind. And I think probably someone under-edited like... Yeah, like a Gronje or a Courtney is probably not going to come back. Yeah, because there doesn't seem to be any story to, to either of those, really. They don't seem to be going anywhere. They're just filler, aren't they? And on the subject of Kartik being fired, it wasn't mentioned in the previously section. No, I don't know what happened there. It's very strange. I suspect that we might have a salvage pass situation. You think? Yeah, Kartik comes back for the interviews just because it'll be hilarious. Oh, I don't know. That would be odd. Can you imagine if the winning PM next week gets to pick one fired candidate to come back? Yeah, and if that was the case, do you think they'd pick Kartik? <laughs> It'd be so funny, because then they'd get dumped on the other team as well. Yeah, maybe if it is you get to pick one person to come back and they go on the other team, yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, I can't see that. As uh, much as I would love to see more Kartik content, I can't see that. Whilst I am thoroughly, thoroughly joking about a salvage pass, it would just be the best twist for the series ever. But this show really isn't known for having stellar twists, is it? And Courtney is a completely underwhelming picture when he goes into businesses. Almost a laughably bad picture, actually. Yeah, he's he's awful. He, He kind of reminds me of those people that try and get you to sign up for charities on the street that are just not very good at it. He's like the world's worst chugger. But but why would you do that? Because he's not really been bubbly and energetic any other week. So why are you putting him out to pitch for sales? Crazy. And of course, Dylan falls in love with the mermaids. Of course he does. Of course he loves them. They're amazing. Only, you know, they're not amazing really, are they? Let's be honest. Basically, Dylan wanted to be in The Little Mermaid when he grew up. He's harbouring secret fantasies of being Ariel. I was actually thinking of dressing as a sailor, if that's any use to you. Not that I want to do it. I just thought it might be useful. 
in what situation is someone dressing as a sailor ever useful? Well, I'm sure there's been some Saturday nights when Dylan's found it very useful to be dressed as a sailor. <sighs> I'm resisting the urge to make Captain Pugwash jokes. Sadly, they're not true, those ones, by the way. There was, there was no Master Bates. There was no Roger the Cabin Boy. <laughs> there should have been. There should have been. I totally agree. But they were all made up. It wasn't as rude as we were told. See, that's a great fun fact for quiz shows. A chase question. Which of these was a real character in uh, Captain Pugwash? And you know full well that would be a question they would ask on the chase. Just to make Bradley giggle. Oh yeah, you'd have Bradley in stitches. Is it A. Master Bates? B. Roger the Cabin Boy? Or C. Any character who was actually in Captain Pugwash because I've never seen it. I think the Cabin Boy was actually called Tom. Roger to his friends. And when Paul and Francis discuss the event with Madame Two Swords, they recommend a ticket price of between £25 and £39 each. Not £65. No, not £65, which is average London prices for any attraction whatsoever, but not the sort of price that will win you a task. And Dylan focuses yet again on the the teaming of his event, which leaves Alana to basically PM this task, really. And did a good job of it, as as you would expect by now, because she's pretty reliable. And also, it's not, again, it's not that far away from the kind of thing she does. You know, as, as a baker, she should be able to figure out how catering works. So it's not surprising that she did quite well, really. An erotic baker, I think you'll find. Only in your head. I'm perpetuating this myth that uh, that Alana makes penis-shaped cakes. I don't know why. If it keeps you happy, Michael. And Nebulous just is a mess. To the point where Francis is swapped to Jessica's sub-team and becomes sub-team leader. What a great move that was, Paul. Why don't you just totally piss off your entire team? Apart from Francis, who already loves you, so no real benefit in doing that. Just annoy people. That's a great way to win a task, is to really wind people up. To her credit, Jessica just brushes it off and gets on with it. And I love you, Paul, too, because I love everyone. You're all lovely. I love you all. And she's a mermaid. The team of this week is Dylan Loves. And I've been waiting for that category to come up on The X Factor every week. And Courtney and Grania just look so awkward and lonely and half-hearted. I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know what they think they're doing, but it really isn't working. It's just dreadful. Would you buy tickets from anyone dressed in the South Bank as a pirate and a mermaid, respectively? Probably not. I don't think so. I thought Courtney looked more like an early 1980s pop star than an actual pirate. He was adamant. He was a poor man's adamant with a bit of Duran Duran thrown in, I think. It was just odd. He was adamant with the lawnmower collection, perpetuating yet another myth. Yeah, let's start this urban myth. Courtney's lawnmower collection. There's a lawnmower museum in Southport. Courtney gets to the interviews. What's your fun fact on your uh, application? I have a lawnmower collection. I have the greatest lawnmower collection in the south of England. In the world. In the universe, not the world. In the universe. And just to add a little bit of jeopardy to Titan's Day, the mermaid was misadvertised because apparently she can't hold her breath, unlike what Courtney and Grania were saying. 
And she can't even swim, unlike what Courtney and Grania were saying. A mermaid, not in water, is just a woman in a costume. She's right. This is a good week for her not bitching about people we actually like. Yeah, she was um, she was harsh but fair, but in a good way this week. I don't mind her being a bitch to people as long as I don't like them. Yeah, she she had a couple of pops at Dylan, but I was on board with that because although I like him, I like him in a comedy way. I'm not rooting for him. I just enjoy watching him on screen. So actually having Karen just take the mick out of him is great. So Titans sell 54 tickets by lunchtime and precisely bugger all after lunchtime. Yeah, well, all their energy had gone by then. They were so enthusiastic in the morning. That's why they sold so well. And then in the afternoon, oh, they're just a bit tired. Tired and emotional. They were on the cheap Proseccos. We wouldn't get very tired and emotional on Paul's cheap Prosecco, I don't think. No, surprisingly, Francis and Paul replaced their Prosecco with sparkling fruit juice. Oh boy, oh boy. They've got a little bit to learn about catering events, I think, those guys. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. Not a Tesco bit. And Nebulous sold 14 tickets for £35, 8 for £21, and the rest for £28. Pick a number. That that was Paul's strategy. He he made it very clear. My strategy is really clear. I'm just going to throw random numbers at you and see what happens. And still, even when they go to the cheap price, Sofiane still manages to undercut even that. Did you notice that um, one of the entertainments that Jessica was offering her potential guests was a game of Russian roulette? That's not something I'm signing up for. Hey, come along to our party. We're playing Russian roulette. Um, no, I think I might give that a miss. Uh, is Sofiane playing? Oh, I might come and watch. And apparently Paul and Francis are natural-born leaders. Yeah, they're great, those two. They're just the best. Best ever. There's no way no way either of them was going home this week. It's just going to work out wonderfully for them. And Dylan decides to improve the situation by dressing Courtney and Grania up after they pitch so well to everyone else. And teams can also sell VIP tours of their venues, for which Courtney and Trishna are hired. I did like that Courtney had to learn all the information for his tour while dressed as a pirate. And then managed to balls that one up as well. And it ends up that, at the end of the day, Nebulous have sold 75 of their 100 tickets and Titans have sold 58. Neither of them really earth-shattering numbers, but it's what you do with it, isn't it? How are they now going to convert it into profit? There's two distinct strategies. You could go for high value, make sure your guests are happy, or you could just rip them off and give them cucumbers and cream crackers. I wonder which is going to work. And give them entertainment they didn't pay for, like a screaming match on 10 Downing Street. But that was free. They didn't have to pay extra for that. And Titans make 400 canapes, which are all quite good quality because Alana. And Nebulous make 200 piss-poor attempts. They were bad. And, of course, Claude's not going to let them get away with it. So what is it? And this is a um, cucumber and cream cheese um, bite. Yeah. So basically there's no salmon in the... Well, not full salmon. What, what's that cracker then? It's a bruschetta bite, so it's a play on the bruschetta. A cracker bite, really. A cracker bite, really. And only 15 people can go on each tour, and Titans managed to balls it up by selling to 28 people. Yeah, how on earth did they manage to do that? But then they make it even better by refunding half of the tickets. Yeah, and, and Grania cocks her numbers up and refunds more than she sold, and it just uh, it just gets worse and worse. 
And Courtney makes it even worse by being a piss poor at the actual guide. He was really bad at that. You know, you know what these are. Why did they keep putting him in these positions? That's what I don't get. He's pitched three times now. And he's been laughably bad all three times. Yeah, if there's one thing they should have learned by now, it's don't put Courtney in front of people. That's it. Just, just don't let him interact with, with the general public because he's just dreadful. Courtney should be sitting in a back room somewhere doing as little damage as possible. Yeah, yeah, he, he should be making canapes. Exactly. He'd still probably cock it up. Dylan would probably still put him in a costume. And on the other team, Trishna is a great guide. Well, yeah. And has a photographic memory. She's phenomenal. This was the standout moment for her that, that really did get me thinking, hmm, you know what? She's better than she's appeared so far. I wonder how that's going to pan out. So, yeah, it was really good. And, and again, Claude spots it. I think that they showed this because it makes Courtney look bad and it's going to come back to bite Courtney. Now that does make sense. There is no other reason that I can see for them actually giving Trishna any sort of edit. Yeah, I'll go along with that, actually, yeah. So we think Courtney's days are numbered. Yeah, I think Courtney's days are numbered. I think it'd be funnier if he's in the interviews and is numbered, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's a pre-interview boot. Not that we've got that long until the interviews. We've got two more weeks, haven't we? Yep, and I'm quite excited for the interviews because I think with this cast, it's going to be awful. Yeah, it's going to be bonkers, definitely. At least one of them is going to have just invented something weird. I think when we look back on this series, it's not a classic. No, probably not. It's had its interesting moments and the cast is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, they've done a good job of casting this season. It, yeah, it's, it's not amazing in that there's not any standout really good candidates but there are some really funny candidates, and I'll, I'll take that, I think. It's been more of a comedy year than anything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't mind that. It's, it makes it entertaining. And Dylan's food ends up getting slightly spurned by literally everyone. Well, yeah, because they've filled them up with 400 canapes. So, <laughs> oh, let me just think. Uh, you've just given me loads of free food, and now you'd like me to go and buy some food? Mm, I think I'll stick with the free food, thanks. I think you'll find it's canapes for life. <laughs> exactly, Petro Canapé. Exactly, provided by Petro Canapé. Callback! <laughs> Maybe they kept in Francis talking about uh, canapes last week because they knew what was happening this week. Yeah, yeah, could have been. There was no sports canapes, I was quite disappointed. Sports canapes cost extra. Uh, 20 grand. 22, thank you very much. And there is a huge argument over whether food is included between Jessica and Paul in public. Yeah, and as we decided, that's kind of Francis and Paul's problem. It really is not Jessica's problem. And and even if Jessica is partly responsible, as Claude rightly points out, she's not the only one that's done that. So why is he singling her out? Why is he having a go and making it all personal? Not needed. If he really needs to have a go at her, take her into the kitchen or something so it's well out of the way. Not that it was justified anyway, but even if it had been, that is just not what you do. It's a very stupid thing to do in front of anyone, even when in your mind you think someone deserves it. I think if they'd have won, they could have been at risk of him saying, that's just unacceptable behaviour, you just can't do that. 
but it's also absolutely in character for Paul. How many times has he lost it when things have gone badly for him this series? And yet this is the man that they've left as sub-team leader for three weeks on the trot. It's just not useful. It's just not a useful behaviour to be like that because you're not going to resolve anything because it all becomes personal and it just makes you look bad. I hope he's learned from that because if that's the way he carries on business in his real life, he's going to struggle. Yeah. And on the other team, Dylan's not really faring that much better because he doesn't know the lyrics to the song. This is his one starring moment to do his childhood dream of being Ariel. And he has to read the lyrics off a sheet. I'm going to be singing. (laughs) Blow some bubbles. Create some atmosphere. Bubbles. Fish in town. My old man said to me, you can spend your life, your jolly life, just sailing on the sea. I love that girl with all my heart. I did not I did not like the tale. Good, isn't it? I was quite surprised that he said that he loved his girl with all his life, but... Well, you know, he's playing a character. Captain Dylan is a very different person from real Dylan. (laughs) And Claude looked so supremely disinterested at this. Yeah, yeah, and playing it beautifully. Create some atmosphere. It is probably the most self-indulgent thing I think I've ever seen on The Apprentice, but but lovely in its own way. Bubbles! I think my favourite bit, though, was um, when they thought they had more time than they really did. We've got 15 minutes. No, you don't. Your first guests have arrived. We've got no minutes. (laughs) We've got no minutes. (laughs) That was just brilliant. (laughs) That was so good they put it in the preview. And Titan's canapes, thanks to Alana, were so good that only one of their hot meals actually sold. Which I thought was going to be a bit of an issue, um, but maybe it isn't. Sugar couldn't really, in good conscience, fire Alana for being too good at cooking, given that's her entire business. And I think they kind of mentioned that that's kind of part of their strategy. In fact, Alana mentions earlier on when she's a bit worried about the entertainment, well, as long as we give them plenty of food and drink, they should be okay. And that's exactly how it panned out. They were quite happy because, you know, they got good value for money. They got some food, they got some drink, they got some bizarre party games. Uh, But, you know, it was an okay evening. So good move, I think. Yeah, they could have sold. If they hadn't have given away so much free food, they might have been able to sell some paid for food. But would their guests have been happy paying the ticket price and then having to buy lots of food? Probably not. Yeah, the the tactic, I think, to win this was keep people happy because the ticket price is way more important than the actual food price. Yeah, definitely. The optional extras are exactly that, optional. So as long as you're not having to refund people and you've set your prices okay, you should be fine. And Courtney uh, lacked charisma. Really? I didn't notice that. And sassy hipster Lady Brady's quote of the week for me was, it's not as bad as it sounds. It's much worse. I thought she uh, she played a blinder this week. I really did. In the boardroom, she was particularly good. Trying to visualise this. <laughs> Don't. This, and it yeah. was like, carry on at the aquarium. I mean, they're never going to replace Nick and Margaret for my affections, but they are carving out their own niches of just being stupid. <laughs> They're just very different aides, these guys, Uh, and I'm loving them. I I love that Karen can say what the hell she likes. I think it's great. 
sitting on high and being sarcastic to people. Yeah. Perfect. And apparently Dylan was an all right PM. Yeah. And they're always going to say that, aren't they? Unless you have a, a disaster, you're going to say, yeah, it was fine. He was nothing special. He was nothing special, but, you know, he was all right. And talking of nothing special, Paul gets an even more underwhelming response and actually gets the Karthik Memorial tumbleweed response. And a very telling face from Jessica. (laughs) And a lot of aggression between him and Jessica. He was so aggressive to Jessica in front of everyone. He was. He was really really aggressive um and that's what i was going to mention about me getting a little bit annoyed at people on twitter last night and particularly at him retweeting almost everybody who was like oh i can't believe paul got fired for being a bit passionate that's not being a bit passionate that is being all out aggressive and rude and being a dick and having no respect for his colleagues and no respect for the process and I was getting a little bit annoyed that how come his anger is okay because that's just passion, but the women getting upset, that's weakness. Although I did wake up this morning to find that um, Jessica had liked and retweeted it and lots of other people had liked and retweeted it and only one person actually bothered to respond to say, well, what if it was the other way around and it was Paul was crying? I bet you'd say he was weak then. No, I wouldn't. So, in the results, Nebulous made £2,085.80, but spent £958.16, including their refunds, giving them a total profit of £1,127.64. And given that they spent about 15 quid on the food and drink, must have been a lot of refunds. Yeah, that was a lot of refunds. And Titans made £3,149.75, with costs and refunds totaling £749.09, leaving them with a total profit of £2,400.66. Yeah, and the grand total that they refunded was zero, because everybody was happy with what they got. I don't understand how anyone could have been happy with Dylan singing. I'm guessing they didn't specifically say, would you like refunding because of Dylan's singing? (laughs) I guess by 100% satisfaction, what they actually mean is no one asked for a refund. And they win the wonderful treat of dressing like Tudors at Warwick Castle. Yep, definitely the most random reward I've ever seen. In other words, Courtney and Gronje, you've worn stupid costumes, let's make them stupider by putting you all in tights. Why not? And I bet Dylan was loving it. I'm so happy. I've been a sailor, now I'm a tutor, I got a big sword, oh boy, oh boy. I'm still continuing with the rewards, this series are strange. This has been a weird year. I don't know where they found these people, I don't know where they came up with the tasks, and next week is the aforementioned weird task of the season. Yeah, I'm I'm really fascinated to see how on earth that's going to work next week. I don't understand it, because they've been hyping up a virtual reality episode for 10 weeks now. I know it's creating games, which, you know, is going to be another one of those episodes where I am quite high and mighty, given that I'm a massive video gamer. But seriously, oh, it's going to be such fringe games. That's the thing. They're going to be awful. Who knows? It could be amazing. Let's give them a chance, because look at their track record at 
pulling off great tasks. It won't be. It'll be an absolute mess. But that's what I want. And the the iconic line of the cafe for this series is probably going to be, Paul, bloody hell, shut up! Yeah, I don't like seeing Jessica upset, but she's funny. Balls to the wall, Jessica is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, when she's in a corner, she comes out fighting. And yeah, everyone rails on Jessica, sadly. I don't like that kind of pack mentality. You know, the, the sub-team ought to have stuck together and said, look, at the end of the day, you two cocked this up, so just make sure, Paul, that you bring back Francis. Pick one of us, but we're not we're not going to back you up, mate. But they don't. They just go into self-survival mode, and if they see that Jessica's getting a bit of flack, they all hop on board. Above everything, though, it isn't a pack mentality. It's bullying. Yeah, it is. It's, it's horrible, really. They were unnecessarily horrible to her. They were... Yeah, completely unnecessarily. There's very little to blame Jessica for. She was making the best of a bad job, as far as I can tell. Yeah. So, Trishna sold 23 tickets for £533, which works out about 21 quid each, which Shugsy is not a happy bunny about. What was the other average ticket price? 49 quid? Something like that, yeah. You're up against it when you're selling tickets at that price, you know. You'd be in the position where you might actually just have to put out tomatoes on cream crackers or something. And they gave food to 17 people, which cost them £117, and there was £183 of refunds, which Shugsy made made out to be this massive thing. But actually, they still would have lost. I think they should have given away more food, to be honest. That was probably the only way they were going to redeem it, because they'd already spent the money on the food and it wasn't selling. So why didn't they just give it away and try and avoid some refunds? Because they're stupid, is, is the simple answer. And they had a £207 budget for canapes, which works out about 20p per person, per canapé. Mmm, nice. Mmm, classy. Yeah, crack a bite. And Paul starts getting a bit lower with sugar. Just a bit. Ooh, I was very surprised that he got away with as much as he did. You listen to me, Shugsy. Ring it in there, mate. Hang on a minute. Yeah, really, really surprised that he didn't just get completely shot down in flames on that. But I guess he's probably already made his mind up that he's going to fire him, so he might as well give him a bit more rope to hang himself with. And he ends up bringing back Jessica and Francis. And I was quite surprised he brought back Francis, given the, you know, they're friends. I was very surprised, given, given the loving that they'd had throughout the whole show. Really, really surprised. Um, he couldn't have brought Trishna back, really. So... He's gone Francis over Sofiane, maybe because he saw more of Francis and and he's blamed Jessica for the sub-team, therefore, I don't know, it seemed a bit odd. Maybe he thought that Francis was going to help him rag on Jessica. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can go two on one and, and get her out. Mm. But Shugsy doesn't usually fall for that. When has he ever been swayed by anything that, that the candidates have said in the boardroom, really? He's made his mind up, hasn't he? He's, he's got all he needs to know from Claude and Karen, and, and that's fine. And Francis and Jessica both start getting a bit totes emotes. They do. And as I say, I, I don't see why that's any different from getting angry. It's just a way of demonstrating that you care about something, isn't it? It's passion. Yeah, absolutely. There's no other word for it. We're talking about a life-changing situation for these people, aren't we? You know, so of course they're going to get a bit emotionally involved and that emotion either comes out as anger or it comes out as 
tearfulness and I don't see any different. Exactly. Some of these people may actually end up appearing on Celebrity Big Brother. Exactly. They might even end up being in the Lewisham pantomime one day. Ooh, look at them. Dad, I'm going to be in a panto. Jessica would be fantastic in a pantomime. Let's, let's not mince our words. Jessica would be fantastic. I'm buying a ticket for that show, no doubt about it, whether there's canapes or not. And backhandedly, Paul calls Francis a weirdo who lost at every opportunity. Uh, yeah, I don't think he meant to do that either, and it was great. What are you trying to say? It was my secondary choice of what to call you this week. And Jessica apparently hasn't shown sugar enough, but Paul has and is fired. An absolutely spot on decision. There's no argument with that. I think the only people that tried to debate it were Paul's followers on Twitter that he insisted on retweeting at a rate of knots last night. I think Francis was probably quite close to being fired. Do you think? Yeah, they made it look like she was at least. Because she was responsible for the lacklustre food. Yeah, to some degree. I I think it would have been really harsh to fire her after last week. Yeah, I think that's probably what saved her. Had Sophie Ann come come back, it probably would have been a double. Yeah, probably would. I I don't see that that rivalry's carried on. I think early doors it was there. I'm not sure it's there anymore. Yeah. And according to Sugar, this is business. There is no time for tears. Yeah, didn't like that at all, but never mind. No, another die. So next time, we have finally got the virtual reality episode. Finally, after being teased it for 10 weeks. Teams have to design a game, and someone runs out of lives. There are so many video game puns I can do next week. So who do you think is in the firing line next week? Uh, as I said, I think I'd be very surprised if Courtney and Gronje both make it through next week. I think we've probably got to have a Titans loss because, sadly, I think if Nebulous lose, Jessica's PM, I'm pretty sure, she's in trouble if she loses next week. Yeah, I just feel like the, the, we've not got any sort of story to Courtney and Gronje. They're just not going anywhere. They're just there. And they were visible this week, but not particularly in a good way. So I'd like to see them both get fired next week. That would be my hope. I still think that Courtney's going to get to the interviews, though. I think Courtney is a classic interview fiery. Mm, It's entirely possible. I'd look at Dylan as well. Yeah, because this could well have been his pre-boot episode. It's a creative task again next week. If Dylan doesn't pull his weight, he's going to be in the firing line. Yeah, and and he's had all his comedy gold this week, hasn't he? You think about it. Courtney and Dylan have the two best records in the process still. Yeah, they do. By quite a margin as well. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you that almost certainly I would say Titans lose next week. I feel like they've got to. I would worry for Jessica's safety if Nebulous did lose. And please, God, they don't lose next week because I can't lose Jessica. The only way that that would work out is if it's really clear that it's Sofiane that screws it up. Yeah. So, thank you for listening to this view from the Black Cab podcast. You can join us next weekend for more Apprentice recaps. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, RTV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, our own Twitter pages, MJ Armstrong me and Bulls Boy for Anthony. See you next week. Thanks for the opportunity. I was brought into the kitchen and I was shown five cucumbers.